Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Catalyst Podcast. I'm Elon, your host, and today we are joined with my dear, dear friend, Arham. Arham is a first-generation queer Pakistani based in Seattle, Washington. From growing up in a conservative environment to flourishing in Seattle's diverse roller skating community, he has a plethora of unique experiences and learned lessons to share with others. His strong intuition guides him through life, and his passion to uplift and encourage others motivates him to connect through community. And when I think of my dear friend Arham, I cannot do so without a giant smile on my face. Arham has been pivotal in my spiritual development, my intuitive development, and is just one of those people who can really, in a beautiful and profound way, hold space for all of the things, all of the experiences, all of the emotions, all of what makes us deeply complex human beings navigating a very spiritual experience. So we spend a good amount of time talking about identity, reckoning with identity and what that means as folks navigating a spiritual experience as well. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all. So it's now time to grab your tennis shoes if you're going for your walk or your cozy spot and tea and enjoy this conversation with my good friend, Arham. Hello, my dear friend, Arham. Welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, Leilani. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, and hi, Lila. (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course, this little one. My cat, for those who can't see, is just always center of attention. She is so sweet and we're glad to have her as well. Yes. Arham, we have been talking about having you on the podcast. I have been begging you to be on the podcast (laughs) for as long as I've known you and you finally said yes. And I'm so grateful you're here. Oh, I know it's been a long time coming, but we made it like from editor (laughs) to Yes. Yeah. So Arham edited most of my season one. So for those that have listened, that was Arham's beautiful editing skills. Yeah. So Arham, yes. Tell it. How are you today? How are you feeling? I'm doing really well. I'm a little bit sleepy. We talked about this earlier, my lack of sleep, but Mm. I'm feeling good. Spirits are high. Energy is good. The sun is out. And I feel good. I'm so glad you look good. I mean, people will see on my Instagram when I do the promo, the video promo, but (laughs) you look great. So sweet. Thank you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell Um, us who you are in this world of ours. And how do you source from your intuition to do what you're meant to do here? So, well, my name's Arham. (laughs) as Leilani just said um I am see it's so hard for me to identify myself in words because just the English language does not encapsulate human beings like truly um no it's super limiting it's super limiting but I want to dive right into how I channel my intuition because I feel like that is such a hard topic for me to live my life with like channeling intuition is kind of a struggle for me 
as far as like knowing whether or not this is my intuition or if it's just that ego, that voice in my head. And I've been learning a lot of different techniques that help me kind of center myself. Like the biggest one really being meditation and um, clearing my headspace to be able to allow those thoughts to come in. And I think that's kind of when I do my best um, sourcing from my intuition is when I'm alone, I'm super present in the moment. I'm just focusing on my breath and I'm surrounded by nature in some sense. And uh, that really is what sources, that's how I source my intuition. And what do you see as, this is a big question. Yeah. But why did you choose? Why do you think your soul chose to incarnate here in Mm. this life on this Mm. planet at this particular time? Like, why do you think you're here? And, and I guess kind of the side question is why, why do you think you're here? And with the amazing intuitive gifts that you have, because I know that you are incredibly powerful intuitively. Why? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this place, this time that we're in is so chaotic and destructive and filled with fear and hate and anger. And I really truly feel like I'm here to spread joy and love and to remind people of light within themselves And because truly like we in this material world, we get so caught up in the material things about it because our society, especially in America, I mean, I was born and raised here, so I can only speak to that, but it's so consumed with um, material wealth, money, consumerism, sex, exploitation, like really dark, heavy, heavy things. And right now in my life, I feel like I truly, my purpose is to spread that joy, spread that love, show people the light that's in them, help them illuminate that light and kind of learn to be a better version of themselves. And um, particularly, and when I talk about this, I, I really, obviously on a higher level, I mean everyone like the collective, but I also particularly mean queer people and people in marginalized groups that are feeling, that are being oppressed And um, being queer myself, I think, really makes me, just gives me the ability to completely understand those kind of experiences, especially growing up the way I did um, in a more conservative Muslim household where being queer is going to send you straight to hell, you know? And um, people like me really need that support and that joy and that love. And I'm so fortunate to be in a space where I can live independently and I can live my life the way that I want. And so many queer people don't have that chance in life. And I feel like it's my, my due diligence to be able to be kind of a voice for those who don't have that. And um, at least in a, in a sense of like spreading that joy and that love and that hope for, for queer people around the world. Oh my gosh. Uh, we need you. You're so important here. I mean, just hearing you talk about, I don't know what I, what I see as I hear you talking about this is that there's kind of this darkness that, and I identify as queer, I identify as bisexual, um, which is still a very much an exploration for me right now. Mm -hmm. And 
when I think about like, it's so easy for me to go to like the biphobia to go to like the mm-hmm, darkness, the, mm-hmm. um, the comfort of being, you know, in a hetero relationship. Yeah. Like, so there's yeah. so much, like, I feel like in this world that we're navigating and, and we called it the matrix a couple of dates or a couple of episodes ago with Josette. So as we're like navigating the matrix, it's easy for us to like get sucked into the darkness of what it means to mm-hmm. explore queerness and identity and what I hear you saying is like, and even as, as I hear you talking and I have goosebumps, I see you skating in the sunshine. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone has gone to our home, go to the show notes, go to our home's Instagram, your skating is such like this physical visceral representation of you being like, I am going to be joyful here. Yes. And I'm yes. going to support you and being joyful as well. And I will do that by helping you connect with who you are in your in your soul and your essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you brought up my skating because truly the only time I feel completely free is when I'm skating. Like I really can't describe mm-hmm. another activity or moment or anything that makes me feel the way I do when I'm skating because I literally just feel like I'm gliding, I'm flying. My body feels like I can finally take up space. I'm so used to feeling constricted in in my everyday life and almost like minimizing my body. And when I'm skating, that completely changes. I'm like fully open, like open to receiving the sunlight that hits me, the wind in my face, being surrounded by the trees and like literally gliding on a flat surface is just like, it's the perfect meditative experience for me. And it's always so good, always. And you radiate joy. You like emanate joy and this independence, this freedom Mm. from constraint. Like when Mm. I I love your videos, I love seeing like, anytime I see you posted a story, I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if he's skating. It's, it's joyful. And we get to be joyful in, in what can often be like a really dark, heavy space that we're navigating. Absolutely. And I especially want to touch on like social media and using that to post those videos. I am like, I, I have a real hard time with social media. I feel like I end up comparing myself a lot. Um, a lot of people, you know, we just start posting the best version of our lives on mm-hmm. a platform. Um, and some people are doing it for uh, the wrong reasons, whether it be to kind of like show off or to brag or to show other people, look where I'm at now. And I feel like I can get so consumed by that energy that it really drains me. And I want to be able to post these videos that don't do that for people. I don't want people to look at my posts and feel that way. So I think skating is such a good way of doing it because it really is helping bring joy into people's lives. Like I I love hearing you say that that's what my videos do to you. Like that just makes me feel like, you know, I should keep, keep going, you know? Yes, please do. And I know that so you, I mean, when we first started talking about identity in, in this podcast, like with you just now, mm-hmm. you were saying like how limiting the English language is and, mm-hmm. um, and just language in general, I feel like oh, human, yeah. hu- any human language is just yeah. not going to convey. And so can yeah. you tell us a little bit about just your journey mm-hmm. around identity that yeah tell us what what that's been like for you and how what role has your intuition played in all of that for sure yeah no that's such a great question because 
I think my identity and the lack of language really go hand in hand because when I was younger, I felt like I had to label myself in order to not just understand myself, but like help other people understand me. I think my real struggle was like, I want other people to understand me and who I am. So I would really try to find any label that I felt matched with me, whether it was gay or non-binary or trans or whatever. And I think I've come to a point in life where at the end of the day, like my intuition is telling me who I am in my day-to-day life, the way I uh, present myself, the way I act, the way I talk. I'm really not, those, those things that I just mentioned aren't ever constrained by the language that we use in this world. And I wish that there were words that could perfectly describe my identity, whether it be gender or sexuality, but I truly feel like there's such a gap there for me. Like I just haven't quite found labels that I really vibe with and um, can confidently say that I am this. And that's why I like lean towards my intuition because I don't need to do all those labels. I don't need to explain myself to other people. I don't need people to understand me. I can literally just exist the way I am. I can show up how I am. And as long as I love that self, that part of me, that's really all that matters. And no label that anyone can put on me or toss at me, whether it's derogatory or whether what's their opinion of me, that just doesn't change the fact that I am who I am and my identity is solid. And um, I have faith and confidence in that. Like I'm untouchable at that point. And I think if more people felt that feeling with their identity, there would be less of a need to label one another, you know? I hear you talk. I love everything that you just said. And, and it's interesting that you said, I love kind of who I am. I I love Mm -hmm. who I know I am intuitively. Tell us about that. Like what brought you Mm -hmm. to the place of self-love where you were kind of like, I don't think that I need to feel understood by mm-hmm. anybody, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. that that's something that I've struggled with and and I'm coming into, but what would you tell listeners, especially like queer identifying mm. listeners about self-love? Mm. Well, first of all, I have to talk about Cozy by Beyonce. Cozy with who I am. So I am good. So good. Like, I don't know why that just like popped up in my head because I was like, I really am so cozy with myself. Like it really, I, I really identify with that song, but it's been so hard to get to that point. Um, Just kind of talking about my journey, where I come from. So um, I touched on this a little bit before, but I grew up in a Muslim household, as you know, Leilani. And um, I, I didn't have the environment to be myself, which is why I closed a lot of parts of me and I changed who I am in order to fit other people's expectations of me, not just because I want to be loved by my family, by my peers, but also out of fear. And for my safety, I had to put on a persona that I did not identify with, but that would keep me safe. And that would give me the love that I was desperate for as a kid, as a young gay kid who was just coming to terms with his sexuality. I 
I wasn't able to explore that. And I had to shut that down, even though I knew in my heart and my soul that this is who I am and I can't run from it. And I, I have to embrace it one day. And I think just having, just going to school and having your classmates mock you for it and then coming home and having to hide to avoid being mocked for it by your family. I just was constantly exposed to people who didn't get me, who didn't understand me, who didn't truly see me for me, not just because I was putting on this facade, but because they would never welcome the real me. They would never show true love and, and care for the real me. And it's so hard growing up that way. And once I got to college and was finally getting some taste of independence, um, it really hit me how hard that upbringing was for me. And it was a really depressing time in my life where really the only, this sounds so weird, but the only joy I could think of was not living. And that was the only kind of relief I could imagine was just not being on this world because I would go to college and I could be more myself. I, my friends knew I was gay in college. I was out. Um, but as soon as I went home, it was like I was back to that child who had to hide and be scared. And I think those experiences made me realize how good it feels to be myself when I'm independent and I'm on my own. And, and being, growing up, feeling like I had to be independent in order to live my truth made me hyper independent at a really young age. So by college, I was, you know, like mostly financially independent. Um, and I knew that that was really the only path it would take for me to love myself is to like be able to be on my own and rely on just me and myself. So once I, I moved here out to Seattle and could really live the life that I'm living now, it showed me the power that I have. Like I just went through all of that shit, all of that trauma and all that pain. And here I am on the other side, living the life that my nine-year-old self would be so proud of. And it would be the reason for me to keep going is knowing that I had this life. And I think there was always a part of me that knew that I would get to this point but it was always scary having that faith and trust in the universe that I would get here. But now that I am here, I will never go back to that place in my life of having to change who I am to appease other people, to help other people understand me. It was so brutal growing up that way that I'm never going to put myself through that ever again. I just, I, what I'm seeing is like nine-year-old Arham just hiding hiding in like every single aspect of, of your life. And it makes sense. Like all of it, all of it makes sense. And I, I what's coming through is the role of family. Right. And so we have like the family that we're born into, we have mm -hmm. the chosen family. And you talked mm -hmm. about like that you were out with your friends, like you could be free finally. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, I just, when I connect with nine-year-old Arham, I feel, I feel them as mm -hmm. just like deeply alone. Mm -hmm. Right. And then as you began to 
be become free circumstantially, right? Like moving on yeah. moving from your family. Um, you then had to like reroute and find mm-hmm. your people. So tell me a little bit about what that has meant to you. Yeah, absolutely. So chosen family is so important to me because like nine-year-old me, super alone, had to become independent in order to survive. And that hyper-independence really made me lean into the concept of individualism and and stray away from collectivism, which I think, um, so I'll get into that. But ultimately, the hyper-independence made me feel like I have no one in this world and I can only rely on myself. Now, once I I moved to Seattle, I kind of got adjusted. I think I realized the value of collectivism and having a community and having people to rely on. And once I started getting into skating and really being exposed to the skating community here and meeting so many people who were just like me or been through similar struggles or really understood me without me having to explain. And they could, they just saw me for who I was. And I never felt like I had to put on a front or a facade. I felt their genuine desire to be, um, to love me and to show me love. And I have never experienced that really from my family, because like I said, I had to put on that facade. So once I started to be once I started being exposed to people like that, I think it showed me the value in having a chosen family. And I think it's so important, especially like in the age of like a pandemic where we are so alone and, and, you know, in the world, we really, especially in America, individualism is so um, highly talked about and people are always like, you don't need no one. Like you got this, you're on your own. You can, you can do everything on yourself, which I think is great in its own aspects. But I also think there's, some um, there's so much more value in collectivism and being able to rely on one another and community is really the best way for us to get out of like shitholes really and so that's why I think uh, chosen family is so important it's so important to find your chosen family in spaces that you resonate with for me that was skating finding the skating community and then meeting people through that way Uh, I was able to meet certain people who I really connected with. And, and again, my intuition told me like, these are your, these are your family. This is your sister. This is your brother. Like you, Leilani, for example, like you're my sister. And I always knew that since you and I connected and, and you just really have to listen to your intuition Mm. with that kind of stuff. What's really interesting about that. And I, I think a lot of us who have survived childhood trauma, um, we, like you mentioned, like we have to, we kind of clutch to hyper individualism Mm -hmm. to survive. We have to. And the messages that have been coming through for me over the last like couple of years, as I've started this spiritual path, this awakening of mine is that I need people like we're not meant to do it alone, spiritually mm-hmm. or physically, like we're, we are meant to have our, our families, mm-hmm. our chosen families. Mm-hmm. And, um, and for many people that, that can intertwine with like family of origin for, yeah. for a lot, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And there's also that shame associated with like, oh, I like, I have an estranged relationship with my family of mm-hmm. origin and all that. There's, there's, there's just so much, yeah, there's so much sure. 
And the messages that I've gotten is like, we're not meant to do it alone. So seeking support spiritually through our intuition, having our ancestors supporting us or spiritual guides, whatever, mm-hmm. but, but very much so, and has been a big part of my year really is finding spaces within my chosen family where I can sh- truly show up. I mean, I've been processing mm-hmm. a lot of trauma with like three people in particular who are mm-hmm. deeply trusted in my circle that it, I just realized like my healing has, has like its limits if I don't bring others into it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yes. So tell me what comes up for you. Oh, that's so well put. Um, I think that healing a lot of times will, for me growing up, you know, on Twitter, on Instagram, on social media, the healing was done by yourself. Like you're not, you're not healed until you do the work alone. And you bring up such a good point that healing can only go so far when you're alone. You really have to be surrounded by people who see you, who love you, who understand you, who don't question uh, your identity, who who you feel comfortable being completely 100% yourself with, then healing can really begin and really take effect. Because honestly, like, there's only so much work you can do on your own, whether it be self-help books or podcasts or meditation, yoga, there's only so far you can go with those techniques. And they're all great. And we should all be doing them regularly. But I also think that you need to practice those learned uh, healing points. You need to like go out in the world and practice them with people who are your family, whether that be your blood family or chosen. The the image that I'm seeing in this moment is um, just the way that our energy, like we all have individual energy. We have like collective energy. There's like, oh wait, everything's energy, right? But if we think about our own energetic signature, our energetic bubble, what I'm hearing come through in this moment is it actually takes more effort (laughs) and energy to restrict our energy from others. Mm -hmm. Right. So, yeah. And and so if we allow ourselves to surrender to this, like very fundamental truth and goosebumps on my entire body, this fundamental truth that we are meant to be in community, we're meant to commune energetically Mm -hmm. with other Mm -hmm. people. And of course, it also takes a lot of intention and Mm -hmm. just a lot of intention to know who are the the right quote unquote, the right people Mm -hmm. that I want Mm -hmm. to commune energetically with and who do I need to like have some boundaries around to preserve my energy or to keep it clean, clear, you know, whatever. Um, But that's what I'm hearing is like, if we are in this kind of like, and and it's hard, like with COVID, I mean, I think that's why it was so hard for people to, to kind of be, especially those who like live alone, there were a lot of like, yeah, um, mental health um, crises. And yeah, and, and so it's like, we are meant to be in community with other energies. It's, it's incredibly important for us to source from our intuition, like you said, to know who the people are yeah. that we're meant to, to, to commune with. And yeah. also like, just trying to be a shut in by yourself and not like keeping your energy all to yourself is actually spending more energy. Absolutely. No, it does. And I think, I think when you do the healing independently, you, you've given yourself the opportunity to open up energetically 
if you want, like you have to be intentional about wanting to do that. And I think once you are able to, you have to put in the work to actually seek out opportunities to meet people. And it's so much harder said than done for sure. But it could just mean, you know, if you're into painting, looking up art classes, if you are more of a sporty outdoorsy person, is there like a volleyball team you could join or basketball and really doing the research to find spaces where people commune and come together and going and being really open and not afraid to put yourself out there. I think that's such a hard step to do to be to like go up to someone and just start conversation is so hard, but it could be a simple compliment or a simple question. Where did you get your blah, blah, blah? Or how, how did you learn how to do this, that, that really gets the conversation going. And once the momentum comes, like once you do that a few times, it gets easier every single time. And mm-hmm. eventually it's just an easy flow and your energy is open and suddenly people are responding so well to you and you're finding that chosen family. And again, like doing that internal work will help you when you're out there in the real world, distinguishing whether people are either taking away or draining energy from you, or if they're, they're giving you, they're filling you your cup, they're filling up your cup. Mm -hmm. And once you can, you know, listen to your body when you're around people and realize, you know, this person is definitely draining me a little bit more. I think that means that, you know, stay at an arm's length. Whereas this person is really filling up my cup. I, this could be like chosen family, like let's spend more time. And um, I think it's just important to energetically be open to those opportunities and those chances to meet people. Uh, I also am sensing too the importance of, you know, you spoke about how you identify and like really allowing yourself to be seen in your wholeness. I feel like it's also important as you're, as you're going to these spaces where people gather, how are Mm -hmm. you showing up? Because if you're staying hidden, then that's Mm -hmm. what you'll attract, right? Energetically, like you'll attract people who are um, aligned with your energy of staying hidden, right? Mm -hmm. Versus like really coming forward and saying, okay, this is who I am. It's going to turn a lot of people off. I mean, Mm -hmm. in the world that we live Mm -hmm. in to show up as your wholeness and your wholeness as your whole self, people are going to be like, she's too much. I get it totally. all the time. I'm like, bye. Oh, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> it's yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. And so it's like how, like it's an, it's an intentional practice of yes. being in spaces where people gather and also showing up in the ways that, that you like showing up as the person that you also want to attract. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think it's, it's hard. Um, and I, I definitely have phases of, going to these spaces um, where community gathers and being really closed off, especially when I go through any type of depressive phases in life. Like I, this winter particularly was difficult on me and I was very closed off. I would just go to skate events just to like skate and talk to the friends that I know that I really love. And that would fill up my cup because I truly just didn't have the bandwidth to interact with new people and put myself out there. And I think it's okay to allow yourself those moments in life. Like we all have uh, ebbs and flows of life, but I, the way that I show up, I think it's easier for me because of my past experiences where I was so accustomed to close 
to like changing my persona in order to fit in. I, I almost show up now without even thinking about it. Like I, I show up as myself without even thinking about it because it's almost like an act of rebellion for me. Mm. Like it feels very much rebellious to show up a hundred percent you and, and not, not try to put on a facade or a persona it's almost rebellious to just be like, I don't care. Like I'm, I'm showing up how I'm showing up and take it or leave it. Because at the end of the day, like you're going to have people who don't like you. You're going to have people who love you. And it's so much more worth it to focus on the people who are going to love you than the people who don't. And so just focus your energy on that. If you're open, if you're yourself, you are absolutely going to attract the people that are meant to come into your life and shower you with love and, and believing that that's going to happen is probably the hardest part. Ah, where do I, so it's making me think of where I know that, I know that we've talked a lot about like manifesting, right? So Mm. I feel like there, there is a level of manifestation that's required to like find my chosen family. I feel like I manifested the fuck out of you at a random corporate training where we used to work. (laughs) And like, so there's this component of like manifesting our people, but also there's, there's more tell, tell us, because I know that you have been manifesting a ton lately. Like tell us what that process is like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I think manifesting, a lot of it has to do in trusting both the universe or your higher power and trusting yourself that you're going to do the work that's required. So for example, like growing up in the Midwest, I felt very trapped there. I felt like I wouldn't be able to be myself if I didn't get out. And um, I, I really believe that I manifested my job that moved me out here that paid for all those expenses to move me out to Seattle in a more welcoming world, because I would really not just visualize myself, but I would, I would dream about the life that I'm living now, you know, I would be, I would imagine the feelings, the smells, the sounds, the friends, the activities. And I think I did a lot of visualization. But more so than that, I I genuinely put in the work. I was so motivated to get out of the Midwest because for me, it really felt like it felt like life or death. Like I could either stay here and feel kind of constricted and have to like put on a persona at certain times when my family is around or like if I'm out in public, be concerned that someone's going to see me, someone who knows my family is going to see me and X, Y, Z. And so it felt like I had to get out. And because of that, I put in a lot of work to... Um, to find a job that would get me here. And even today, the manifesting that I do is, I I think it's a little bit different than how I used to. Um, In a sense of like, I've definitely learned patience a little bit more and the value of waiting and the value of trusting. And as much as I put in the work, it's really freaking hard to just surrender at times because that's part of manifesting is just surrendering like I could 24 seven be visualizing and manifesting, but I, that wouldn't get me anywhere. I, I have mm. to surrender and believe and trust that it'll happen. And the actions that I've done are going to get me where I want to be. 
And um, it's a struggle, honestly. I feel like I... So hard. It's so hard. I, I have phases in life where I'm like, there's no way. Like the the, the dreams that I, I dream, there's no way that that's feasible for me. And then there are other phases in life where I feel so empowered and I'm like, fuck yeah, I got this. But yeah, I don't know. How has the struggle been for you when it comes to that? Oh, man. So... I am also, I really struggle with being patient. Yeah. I, I, I feel really lucky that I do get a lot of glimpses into what's in store. I saw that I had a son years before I even met my ex, um, who I have a son with. And it's, so it's something that I, I have just kind of become accustomed to is like, okay, I see this is happening. And for me, it's about letting go of the how, Yeah. like letting go of how it's going to happen and how it's going to get to me Mm. or get here. And it's, it's really hard for me because I think I, I just struggle with like not being in control. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. Right. Is like this, the surrender is really just surrendering to the universe who is the ultimate all-knowing, knows every Mm -hmm, single pathway mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's required, knows every lesson that's needed. And for me, it's, I struggle with timing of the ways that things happen. And you and I have talked, uh, have been talking about the fact, and I've mentioned this a few times, and I think there's a reason it's coming up is, you know, financial, just Mm -hmm. financial, um, I'm I'm hearing the word like contraction. I'm Mm -hmm. in a space of like financial contraction and it's, it's really, it's tough because I, I, for two years, almost I've surrendered to the universe. I, you know, quit corporate jobs and left husbands and, and have done all of these things. And now sitting in a place where I'm deeply uncomfortable, where I'm relying on um, family support and state assistance, like financially. And it's, it's so hard to know that, that things are going, I mean, the manifestation, the visualizations I've had is like, this is not what I saw. This was, this yeah. is, the, but this is the how somehow, yeah. right? This is, this is a space of like patience. And when we think about what contraction is uh, from, from like, um, as someone who has a uterus, it's like, that, that means that something's being birthed, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. that means that, yeah. that seriously, like there is something being birthed. So yeah. can I breathe through the contractions knowing that there's something better on the other side, Ooh, right? I love that. Yeah. Like, and what is it that the universe is birthing through me, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I just have goosebumps mm-hmm. even thinking about that. Me too. So can, can we, you know, in this dark, dark place of like contraction where it can feel scary, it's like, can we continue to visualize like what's on the other side of that, which is something really Mm. beautiful being birthed by the universe through me. The universe is like the daddy. (laughs) Not the daddy. (laughs) Spirit daddy. (laughs) Universe daddy. I love that. No, that's such a good way to put it because truthfully, like the struggles and the pain and the how is really birthing something beautiful. Like the struggles that I went through in the Midwest growing up, with a family who didn't support me and accept me, like, look at what that's created. Like, I'm so proud of who I am and the person I've become. And I 
I wouldn't be this proud had I not gone through that shit, you know? It, the universe really birthed something beautiful by that how. And here so you just, are speaking to so many people who can relate to your experience, yeah, right? And, and show yeah. like how beautiful it is on the other side. For sure. And yeah. even like you bring up a good point about financial contractions. Like we live in such a material world we have to be material girls in order to survive. Like <laughs> that's just, the, I know I didn't that's choose just the it. Fact of it's, life. Yeah, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard to balance that the care that you have to have around money and finances with your desire to just live a life and to live joy and to experience all the, the facets of life. It's, nearly like I want to say nearly impossible to be able to do both like care about the financial and the material but also fully commit yourself to the joys of life and all all the parts of life not just the joys but I I feel like I struggle with that a lot because I like I said young age hyper independence was all I could think about and a big part of that is financial independence and to me to not have a financially stable job um, or source of income, it freaks me the hell out. And uh, I really admire people who are like you, who are able to do the work that their soul is aligned with and, and kind of juggle the financial stuff later, you know, like what has that been like for you being able to balance the two? Cause I feel like it's so, it's hard. so hard. It's so hard. And for those of who have read my book, you know that I, I struggle, I struggle with not having enough. You know, I, yeah. I grew up um, in pretty much like poverty, working class poor. And so money, I mean, everything, it felt like everything was about money. Yeah. Like, and, and not, intention- not intentionally. Yes. It's, it's where all of our energy went because we were focused on the lack. Right. Mm-hmm. Um and, and preserving what little we had for a long time. And my dad eventually, you know, created some wealth for himself and I'm really proud of him for doing that. And, and now each of his kids are in a place where we, we get to kind of rest when he didn't really get to rest, um, Mm. in terms of not necessarily feeling as though we have to grind to survive, yeah. And granted, I do feel like I'm grinding, but I think that um, it's it's hard. It's it's been really really difficult, um, and I think where my heart goes a lot of times is I I I begin to like quest like send questions to the universe like mm-hmm. why why am I why do I have to struggle in yeah. order to do your will, right? In order for mm-hmm. me to birth what I meant to birth, like mm-hmm. this very source led work, um, I find myself, you know, I've raged at the universe about mm-hmm. just like how difficult it's been, how much yeah. I have to rely on so many other places for me to like pay my bills and, um, and I know it's, it's like, as I like come up several levels, I'm like, I know that this is all with purpose. Yeah. Right? I know, I know that the universe wouldn't have brought me here to, to leave me in a, in a life yeah. where I'm struggling and constantly yeah. worrying about how to 
pay my rent, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that faith that you have. It's it it is. It's it's having to rely on the faith and just trusting that the universe mm-hmm. wouldn't have led me here just to leave me here, right? Exactly. And exactly. Yeah. And that all struggles are for a purpose. Mm-hmm. All struggles in your life are like you said birthing something really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's about like being able to survive those struggles is the hard part. And um, what's even harder is trusting that good will come out of it in the end. And it's okay to not have that trust and to kind of go up and down and to be angry at the universe, to be angry at source, at your higher power and question these things. I think that's part of human nature. Mm -hmm. And so just giving yourself the space and allowing yourself to feel those feelings is so important. Like, because at the end of the day, if you don't give yourself the opportunity to feel anger, to feel grief, Mm -hmm. to feel those kind of uh, dark, heavy emotions, they're going to come up somewhere, somehow in ways that they always do. You can't bury them forever. So just embrace that. This is just the process of life is feeling this range of emotions is just part of the human experience. And we all go through them. Like literally no one is perfect. I was literally talking with a friend of mine today about this, of course. Um, but Brene Brown does a, does a ton of research around emotions. And what she's found is that you can't suppress the hard emotions mm. such as like grief and sorrow and anger. You cannot suppress those without also suppressing joy and love. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so the more that we are able and willing to allow ourselves to fully express, especially as light workers, as, as earth angels, as like, we have to be able and willing to experience this full range of very human emotions in mm-hmm. order for us to continue to heal in the ways that we need to heal in order for us to have the experiences that we're meant to have here. We cannot do our work, like our very important, mm-hmm. very purposeful work. Yep. If we are spending so much energy staying in that very like con- constricted emotional space, it, it just, it takes too much energy. Absolutely. It really does. Mm-hmm. So tell me, what is the role of joy? That's the, that is the question that's coming through. What is mm. the role of joy in, in your experience, in your life, in your path, mm. whatever comes through? Joy is a teacher for me. Mm. Joy teaches me a lot about myself, about the world, about other people. Um, for me, I think joy, joy teaches me and reminds me, I I would say joy reminds me a lot. Like it reminds me of the good parts of living. Like joy just feels so good, you know? And like, even though I just said, we have to go through the sorrow, the grief, the sadness, the joy is what makes me feel alive and makes me feel like I'm here for the right reasons. I'm here for a purpose. I belong here. I'm needed here. It makes me feel worthy. It makes people around me feel like uh, they belong with me. Mm -hmm. It makes everything make sense. It makes everything fit together. Like joy is really like putting the puzzle together and stepping back and seeing the beautiful picture. And that's why I think it's so hard for people to experience those other harder emotions that we were just talking about is because 
they're like almost like they're like the puzzle pieces and you're struggling to put them together. Like you can't find the right places to put those puzzle pieces. And it's really frustrating. It's hard. You don't want to do it. But then when you have joy, you step back and the puzzle's done and you see a beautiful picture and you're like, mm. okay, life is good. This is gorgeous. Like I love living. I'm alive, mm. you know? Ah, oh, it's so, it's so beautiful. And I, I'm, curious as you you said that you navigated a pretty dark winter um were there pockets of joy in in there or Mm. is that something that came later like tell us Mm. a little bit about Mm. that process because I also have a history of struggling with depression and anxiety and uh, previously medicated and all of that tell us a little bit about like when joy isn't present. Oh yeah. Like what is, oh, yeah. yeah t- just tell me what's coming through. Oh, I love that question because I, when I talk to my friends and I describe this past winter, I'm like, oh my God, it was a struggle bus. Like I was a hot mess, like very much depressive on my own. And uh, I forget about the pockets of joy that were there. Like there, the thing is like, we're going to be going through our lives feeling these depressive episodes and as much as hard as it is and how as depressive as it is, there's going to be pockets of joy. It's just, are you willing to find them and see them and to feel them? Or are you going to continue to let the depressiveness kind of consume you, which I've been a victim to that, like, like feeling a victim, you know, and being depressed and down and not seeing the joys of the world that I'm, that I've experienced. Like for example, this past winter, I, because it was so rainy here in Seattle, I wasn't really able to skate. And that's like, I just said, that's my, that's when I feel the most free. And so not having that ability to be outside amongst the trees and the sky and to feel free and flying was really hard on me. And I had to find joy in other ways. And honestly, I, I struggle to remember those moments of joy when I was alone but I do remember the joyful moments that I had with other people. And this goes back to the value of community. And any time I was with my friends was a time of joy. Like I mm. wasn't depressed. I wasn't thinking about how hard life has been for me. I was truly like loving my friendships and the people in my life and enjoying the experiences that we were going through, whether it was a simple like out to dinner moment or um, we did me and my friends did this like Shrek viewing party where we all dressed up as different Shrek characters. And it's like one of them was, was Fiona. One was Shrek. I was uh, one of the three little piglets. Oh my God. It was just such a fun time. And I didn't, I was so joyful that night was like such a sweet, beautiful night. And I was open to seeing that and enjoying that and being in the present moment rather than thinking about everything that's going wrong. I allowed myself to forget about those things, to just experience joy. And I think a lot of people struggle because they don't allow themselves to. I think people feel like they need to, um, and I'm saying that people because I've been this person, to, to just be stuck in that depressive feeling and not allow yourself to have the the joy 
um, it's almost punishment to yourself. Like we don't realize that we're punishing ourselves, but I think because of the way I grew up, I was punishing myself and I thought I had to be in that, that place, but it's true. You don't have to be in that place and you can look for joy in other places. And if you allow yourself to feel that feeling, like you'll be reminded of how good life is. It's just like, they're a good reminder that you need. There's a fundamental truth that my guides and source remind me of, especially when I'm in those spaces of like the deep, deep, dark healing places where it's like, it feels like there's no light and there's no air. Um, But the fundamental truth is there's always light. Mm-hmm. There's always light. And mm-hmm. even in these spaces when we're, because that, that place for you was a, a space of contraction. I'm hearing that very loudly of like, you needed to be in that space of like the closedness in order mm-hmm. to see like how important your community was to yeah. you. Important, you know, it like in order for, for you to, to have birthed, like you have, you've had so much abundance and mm-hmm, like, since then, like relationally, like yeah. professionally, like, and, absolutely. And, and so it's, yeah, I'm just hearing there's always light and more so like we are light. We're made of light. Right. I was literally just going to say whether that light is your friendships or you like that light could be you you know if you if you don't have the light externally if you can't identify who is my light like you are your light Mm. we are the light we are the light embrace it and love it and nurture it oh my gosh friend well is there any before I ask the standard question bumper sticker but before I ask that is there anything else flowing through you that the listeners should know no, I feel good. I feel like I said what I needed to say. Lila, just confirm, like, you're good. Get off this call, girl. Come play with me. That's what she's saying. <laughs> so what is your bumper sticker? What would your bumper sticker say? If you could tell the whole world your tiny bit of wisdom. It's so crazy because as your editor for season one, <laughs> I heard this question every time I would edit an episode. And every time I would edit it, I would think, what is my bumper sticker? And I feel like it always changed. I never (laughs) stuck with one. Um, So I'm going to give you my bumper sticker today in this moment, my bumper sticker. Follow your light. Mm. Be open to love. And the rest will fall into place. Mm. I just, my whole body just melted into that. Mm, I love that. I love you so much. I love you so much. <laughs> this is so good. Oh. So tell tell the people how they can find you. Yeah. So you can find me on um, Instagram. My handle is at ar.hamk. And that's where I post my little skate videos. And um, yeah, I, I would love for you to check it out and, and have a little joy in your day. Uh. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for sharing your stories with us, your wisdom, your truth. You are deeply, deeply needed in this world. We love you. Thank you. And and so are you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having a platform and and allowing so many amazing voices to come in and share their their experiences and perspectives. Truly amazing. Thank you. I love you. Love you. Thank you, friends, for being here for this lovely conversation with my good friend, Arham. 
And as I reflect on the conversation, I am just filled with so much gratitude for who Arham is and the wisdom that he shared with us in this conversation and the beauty and joy that he shares with the world. And what's really sticking with me from our conversation is this notion of identity and of course the importance of that and the exploration of that and also what does it mean to be in community what does it mean to experience all of the emotions of being human including joy and how can we bring joy into our experience in a way that supports us and keeps us going it's so beautiful i'm so grateful that he finally agreed to be on the podcast i've been asking him since last year i'm so grateful that he was able to join us and i hope you got just as much out of it as i got interviewing him if you would like to connect with Arham, you can find all of his information in the show notes if you'd like to connect with me you can find my information in the show notes as well And I just wanted to provide your weekly reminder that I am offering a free workshop once a month. It's the first Thursday of every month. And it's really for anybody who is looking to explore their intuitive gifts a bit further. We do some grounding. We do some connecting with our intuition. And every month we'll cover a different topic. So we'll come at it from a different way. If you'd like to sign up for that, you can find the link in the show notes or go to shamanleilani.com slash workshops. I would absolutely love to see you, to connect with you and support you in that way. But for now, be still my friends and live into your impact. I'm so grateful you're here and I'll talk with you soon. Bye.